Welcome to Revolution Church. How are we doing? 1008. Are you good? You good? All right, dude. I'm good. I'm glad you're good because we're going to have a good service today because the Lord's going to show up. Amen? I've invited him here. I hope you've invited him here. And I hope that over the next few minutes that we can experience his presence together. As we open up God's word, the, the most important thing that we can do is not only hear it, but apply it. Not only hear it, but apply it. And so today, if you're a guest with us, first off, I want to say I hope this feels like home to you. Um, our strategy for this whole thing is we want this to be a family. We want you to understand that there are people out here, if you feel like you're all alone and you're neglected, we want you to feel like that there's a place that you can come where we love you, that we care about you, and that there is a God in heaven that loves you more than even we can. And so that is our heart's desire. And I got to say, this church, um, I get a lot of good feedback in the sense of, People always give me this feedback of it's so friendly, it's so welcoming, and it feels like family. And I love saying that we're going to do that. And then I love seeing that you guys actually do that. So from me to you, please don't clap. I want to give you a hand and say thank you for being the church that we've called to be, all right? Thank you so much. You guys rock. Continue to bring it for people. Give life to people. Today, if you're a guest, um, you're stepping foot into what we call a life-giving church. Our whole goal, our whole plan is to give life to people. And that means that when you encounter us, that, that basically you, walk, you may have walked in here depressed, discouraged, um, who knows what the situation may have been, but when you leave here, all of a sudden something has changed, something has shifted. Um, you've experienced life. And, and the only way that we can give life is because we've been given life, and it's through Jesus Christ. He is the only one that can change a person and do great things through them. So I want to brag on God, because that's what I like to do. Can we brag on God, yes or no? Yeah. Yes? All right, let's brag on God for a second and just say, three more people last week made a decision to give their lives to Christ. Can we say amen and clap to that? Now here's the cool thing. That brings us up to 22 people in the last five weeks who have given their lives to Christ. 2014 is a good year. It's the year that we step up in this community and we become who God's created us to be. Say amen to that if you believe it. Amen. We're going to be the church. And so I'm excited. Um, we, we've had people step in, like I said, to ministries. And it's been such an uplifting thing as a pastor to see new people come in and just be hungry to say, what needs to be done? I want to be a part of this. Give me a piece of this ministry pie. You guys have been marking on your communication cards and your worship guide. I want to serve. And then we've been connecting with people. And I want to recognize another person who just tore it up today. I went to our greeting team right here at the door and I said, who is that out there? And they said, the dude in the, the, the whole, I don't even know what that jacket's called, um, but, but the reflector jacket is like this big bright jacket. The dude's out there. It's freezing. It's raining. It's nasty out. And Kenneth, dude, Praise God for you, man. Serving the Lord and directing traffic. Give him a hand. Listen, he didn't ask me to say that. He probably didn't want me to have everyone clap for him because he's not looking for that recognition. But here's the reality. The Lord saw what you did. I saw what you did. And I want to make it public that that's how you serve God, man, through thick and thin. It dudes out there. And so thank you, man. It's because of people like you that we're a life-giving church. It takes us all collectively coming together. Man, that cafe team, 
good night. Oh my goodness. If you want to come and get spiritually fed, I hope I can give you something. But if I don't meet that need, there's a physical need that can be met right over there. Go get some of that. And dude, it all looks good. And so I'm excited to chase some of that. I never eat beforehand because I get like queasy up here. I don't know if you guys just make me nervous or something. Um, I always feel horrible if I eat beforehand. So afterwards, I'm going to tear it up. So somebody's got to join me. Paul, you in? He's in. All right. Good, 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 good. Um, Thank you guys for doing life with us. We couldn't do what we do here in this community without you. When I think of all the stuff that had to be set up, all the ministry that had to happen to build a youth ministry, to build a children's ministry, to build this community that I'm going to be talking about, it takes people and it takes hard work and it takes faithfulness, dedication, and commitment. But man, let me tell you this. I wouldn't wish to do it any other way than with you guys. I wouldn't want it any other way. You guys are family to me. I told you I've moved 16 and a half hours away to get here to talk to you. And man, God has blessed us. So grateful for every single person that's a part of this family. Please continue to come. See the strategy. And really, as we talk about strategy today on how we want to do missions here in this community, please see my heart. Please see my heart. There's a lot of ministries, um, even at Revolution Church, although we've been so successful and starting so much in such a short period of time, and we've seen so much success through it, there's so much more that we want to do. Our vision is big. Our vision is beyond us. It's beyond even every person in this room working together. It's beyond that because there's going to be hundreds, if not thousands of people that are going to have to connect to this to, to do what I'm about to show you. It's going to take an army of followers of Christ who say, I'm willing to embrace my role as a Christian and be the church. So the first way that I can start to state the strategy you say before we even get into a mission strategy here of what I want to talk to you about out of God's word today is to express to you the type of church that we are. We've said that we're life-giving, but let's go over, um, back in the day we used to do this almost every week, but let's bring it back out and go over our purpose, our purpose. Let's go ahead and throw that on the screen. We're going to go over our purpose, our core values, and our vision to make sure that we're all on the same page going forward. Our purpose is simply this, that we exist to revolutionize the world with the life-giving love of Jesus. Let me break it down in simplest terms. We want to be active individual bodies that are living out the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, that they're meeting the needs of the people in this community in such a way that the government could never even think to draw that one up that the church does what it's called to do. We exist to give life to people, and it's only found really through Jesus Christ. And so I want to talk to you today um, about our core values. The first one is that found people, say it with me, find people. When you found something great, you have to share it, man. It's one of those things. And so we believe, and I believe with all of my heart, that I found the greatest thing that you could ever find. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? If he's changed your life today, say amen. Good. 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 All right, there we go. The reality is he's changed my heart, and it's so good, I could, couldn't dare keep this thing to myself. I have to share it with everybody I come in contact with. It's just the way that I am. It's kind of like Chick-fil-A. Man, that place is good. Woo! Do you remember the first time you ate a bite of that chicken sandwich? You were like, what? This, is, this can't be chicken. They put something in it or else we've never been served chicken ever before because this is the best chicken I've ever had. And remember they gave you the sauce and you were like, I don't know what it is, but oh my goodness, give me a gallon of it. You know what I'm saying? It was so stinking good. Chick-fil-A is good. And when you first ate there the first time, you were like, dude, I'm telling everybody about this. You went home and you told your family, you're like, dude, there's this place called Chick-fil-A. And you're like, they're like, what? You're like, eat more chicken. 
That's it. That's all you need to know. Just eat the chicken. And so it's one of those things that once you found something good, you share it. That's Jesus, man. We found something better than Chick-fil-A, and we want to share it with you. Okay, I want you to connect to this. You say, what are all these people shaking their heads and nodding for and agreeing with all this stuff? Listen, God wants to do something in your heart today. And if you'll just have open ears and open heart to this, I'm telling you, he will do something amazing with you. Our next core value kind of ties in after you've found that thing and you've been saved and you understand what that means, that you've been saved from an eternity away from God. We believe that saved people, say it with me, serve people. They serve people. And we think that it's just so reasonable because of the fact of what we've been served. See, Jesus served us so well. When you think of the magnitude of the fact that Jesus came to this earth and he died on a cross to forgive your sin and to forgive my sin so that we can have an opportunity to be with him forever in heaven, that's a huge, huge deal. That's a huge deal. We have been served so well. He didn't have to do it. I mean, think about it. The guy's ruler, king, creator, all right, goodness gracious, and yet he's serving his creation. Serving his creation by dying to pay for their sins so we can go with him forever. What a God we serve. So it, it is just so reasonable to me when I hear verses like Mark chapter 10, verse 45. We'll throw it on the Sky Bible up here so you can follow along. It says this, the Son of Man, Jesus, did not come to be served, but he came to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. The guy didn't have to, but he chose to. If anybody shouldn't have, it was him. He was the one that should have the seat at the best table, the head seat. He was the game changer, the life changer. Everything was revolved, should have revolved around him. But he said, you know what, I'll stoop down to the lowest loves, whatever that means. If it, if it means bridging the gap between me and you, I'll do it. Wow. You know, some of you know the story of Jesus when he washed the disciples' feet. I was reading it this week out of the Gospels. And what, what stuck out to me more than anything is that Judas was there. Judas, the one that betrayed Jesus with a kiss, by the way. Ooh, talk about wanting to punch somebody. I don't know if I could have done what Jesus did. He had more to him than me, right? But he stooped down and he grabbed his feet and he began to wash him. We say, ooh, that's dirty. Jesus did it. Wasn't below him, man. Then I hear stuff like this when Jesus began his public ministry. Um, he said this in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, Here's what they need to do. Let him deny himself. Y'all hear that? We have to deny ourselves. We have to take up our cross daily and follow after Jesus. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Kind of flip backwards, isn't it? It's all about save people, serve people. At Revolution Church, we believe that everybody needs to be a part of this core value. It's not just something that we should just, you know, some people should do. and some pe Jesus is very clear. We should all deny ourselves, take up our crosses, and follow him. That he's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. And when we do these things, the cool thing is that, that God gives us what I call tremendous God favor. He just does. He gives you favor. He gives you peace. It's a peace that passes all understanding that you can never get anywhere else. You can try to fill it with all the cares of this world, but it will never amount to anything because without Jesus Christ, you will always find void. Save people, serve people. We understand that what we're telling you leads us to our third core value. It kind of just fits together here that growing people change. We understand what we're telling you is countercultural. When you hear me say something like this, give of your time, 
Die to yourself. Give of your talent. Give 10% of your treasure. When you hear that stuff, dude, I know what you're thinking. Dude, it wasn't that long ago. I was sitting where you were sitting. And I was going, dude, what a pyramid scheme. He wants me to give 10% of my talents and time and treasure to him. I'm not doing all that. Are you crazy? I get how you feel. You know why we feel that way? Because it's counter-cultural. And in order to grow in Christ, we have to begin to change some stuff. We have to begin to identify in our world, what is it that God is telling me that I need to do differently here? The only way that I can run the mission strategy is to effectively at home base, at home plate, as we're in the dugout here talking, we say, this is what we need to be as a team. And if I can't get the team to figure out the unity side of what Christ has called us to be, there's no way that this mission strategy that, by the way, God has called us to, is going to ever work. And I don't know about you, but if we're going to start a church together and we're going to be on team plate together, then here's the deal. We need to make sure that we're a church that always lives out strategies that are from, straight from the Bible. I don't want to ever do anything on our own will. That's whenever it gets bad, doesn't it? We start doing stuff on our own. We think that, hey, we'll change this, we'll do this. Man, if it's not spirit-led, then it ain't going nowhere. So I want the Holy Spirit to continue to show us through Scripture how we can play a part in God's work. So that's what I want to give to you today. But I understand this. I understand that when I say this stuff and it's countercultural and I'm telling you to change some stuff, that, that it doesn't always set well with people. There's some pushback. And, and I really just want to encourage you through this. Sometimes I feel like that I'm on this other side of this invisible fence. Like there's a fence here. And maybe I've, I've, I've learned a couple things and I haven't nearly achieved because I'm sure the ladder just keeps going up. But, but I've learned a couple things and I'm saying, listen, Joe, climb over that invisible fence. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's tough to do what I'm telling you to do. Yes, you have to die to yourself and you have to give away selfish ambition and the selfish desires that you have. But dude, do it. Do it. Climb. It's, it's going to hurt a little bit. It's, you're going to think, I don't know if I can. You're going to get discouraged at times. But I want to encourage you on this side of the fence that if you keep going, that, that this right here is good. This is awesome. And you want this, Joe, so keep climbing. And I say it to Joe, but I say it to everybody. But sometimes I feel like, man, I want it so bad for you. I just want to rip that fence down. But I also know that you have to want to climb over that fence. Because if you don't want it, it ain't going to do anything, even if I take the fence down, if you don't come across the line. You understand? The last one here, our last core value, is that you live the vision. As you change, you have to figure out what you're changing for. And our vision is pretty cool. If you want to throw it back up on the screen, it's to see what Jesus sees so we do what he wants us to do. We want to see what Jesus sees so we do what he wants us to do. Now, I love that our core value just says, here's the vision, live it. Live the vision. What's the vision? The vision is different for every single person in the room. God's purpose, his plan for you, his vision for you may be different at different stages of life. As a teenager, who knows what that looks like? As a grandparent, who knows what that looks like? But here's the deal. Your relationship with God, if you will run after embracing whatever that vision is, God will begin to do miraculous things. He will, he will encourage you in ways that you couldn't have done the, what you're doing without him. You'll start doing stuff, you'll start memorizing scripture, and it'll pop out of your head, and you'll be having a conversation with people, and you'll just start quoting stuff, and you're like, man, I don't even know how I did that. It's because you begin to live the vision that God had for your life, and he'll begin through his Holy Spirit to work through you, and it's a phenomenal thing. So we see what he, see, what he wants us to see, and then do what he wants us to do means we're being very active, very active. So I want to take a few minutes now to break through the strategy. Here's who we are. Here's our purpose, core values, vision. 
here's the strategy over here of where we're trying to go. If we can connect our pieces of the puzzle and become this, we can do this very, very, very effectively. Now, right now, I'm not saying we haven't achieved. I think we're doing phenomenal over here, doing a great job. You guys are stepping into these roles like nothing I've ever seen. It's unreal what God is doing with you. I'm so proud of you. I could go person by person and say, God is using you to change a community. You are world changers that I sit with. It's awesome. But I want to keep going. So let me shoot some vision. Can we shoot vision today? Is that cool? All right. Joe, I'm, I'm shooting it to you, bro. All right. He wants it. Ready? Here we go. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is a verse that I want to read that sets up our whole mission strategy for this week. Today is Mission Sunday. We have missionaries here. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The beginning of the church here, um, God is doing a, a phenomenal thing. And here's what I want you to see. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. First off, let's just stop right there and say, man, there is tremendous power to be received when you accept Jesus into your life. If you have Jesus and you've experienced his power, please say amen. 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 There's tremendous power. You are able to see things that you would never see before. You are able to do things you would never be able to do before. You're able to impact things that you would never be able to impact before without Christ. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. I got it written here. In Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The uttermost parts of the earth. It just branches out. So here's kind of the thing here. I want to show you this on this paper. Whoop, got two of them here. Here's Jerusalem. It's our church. Our Jerusalem is our city. Okay, let me break this down. Um, Jerusalem is McKinney, Texas. The church has a responsibility as an, as an organization or as a, a unit, as, as this group of people come together. We have a responsibility to first reach our community with the gospel of Jesus. Now, how do we do that? We, we do this thing once a month it's called Love Loud. Okay, and we go into our community and we just begin to be a blessing to people in any way that we can. And so this Saturday, like they said on the announcements, from 9 to 3, we're going to be up at trade days. And we want you to come and be a part of this with us. Um, we've been collecting bottles of water all month. Uh, we've been up at trade days. And what we do is we give out information about our church and we just bless people. Okay? We don't want anything from people. It's kind of cool because people are selling stuff for like $5 for a bottle of water. And then you come to us and we're like, here, we want to just bless you with a bottle of water. And they're like, what? They don't even know what to think. They're like, what's the catch? Do I have to sign up for something? No, you just, you just come and just receive this and take it and be happy and leave. That's it. But you know what's funny? Our community is so not used to that. Everything costs something, Right? Y'all feel that too? Everything costs something. And so we want to go out and we want to do different things. We give out uh, snow cones when it's hot outside, bottled water. Um, we do the little uh, candy hearts, you know, at uh, that time. We do balloon animals for the kids. You know, whatever we can do just to be a blessing and just say, hey, God loves you and so do we. That's what we're going to do. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you to start here in Jerusalem, McKinney, Texas. It's pretty close, okay? Right up here on 380. You just go up here. Y'all know where Trade Days is at. If you don't, you can come find me. I've got the information. I want you to come and just pass out some information with me. Doesn't cost you anything but your time. And here's the cool thing. The feeling that you will get knowing that you're the hands and feet of Jesus and you're living out what he wants us to do here in this community, I'm telling you, it'll blow you away. You're the one that's going to be blessed. I'll tell you, it's, it's really cool. Man, we left there last month and we were on cloud nine, dude. I don't know what it was. You're like, dude, I wish we wouldn't have ran out of water. We just go until we run out. 
That's what we do. So here's the deal. I want to invite you to come out 9 to 3 this Saturday. It's called Love Loud. This is what we're going to do. We're going to just give away stuff. It's pretty cool. I want you to wear your Revolution Church t-shirt. You say, Randy, I don't have a Revolution Church t-shirt. Good news. There's a resource table right out here, and I just want to give you a Rev Church t-shirt. Okay, if you'll wear it that day, just go out there and grab one. There's all sorts of sizes on that table. There's all sorts of different versions of shirts. Get out there. Be a part of that thing, man. It's going to be awesome, okay? going to be a great opportunity. We give out wristbands, anything we can to just be the hands and feet of Jesus. Now, there's so much more that we want to do here in Jerusalem. Love loud once a month on a Saturday isn't enough for me. I think there's so much to be done here. I have a long-term vision of, uh, of starting a dream center here in McKinney. And that dream center is going to do multiple things. Basically what it will do is we will be in meet needs of maybe uh, a pregnancy crisis area where, where your kids can come and get some help, get some good spiritual guidance. Um, we could meet the needs of people who maybe have some car issues. We could help them do oil changes. And it'd just be a ministry to people in this community. It's just, it's just something that we do. Maybe we reach out to uh, Habitat for Humanity and we begin connecting that way. Maybe we start mowing yards for some people who can't possibly do it and can't afford to keep paying people. Maybe we, I mean, the division, it just goes so far. I want to get into a local hospital down here and be able to do some, some, some things for some cancer patients, some people um, who just need some encouragement in their life. There are people right now who've, who've probably been in a hospital room for maybe a month or two months. Every day of their life they're going through this and it's stressful and they're discouraged. What if the church stepped in? I've just got so much vision here for our McKinney, our Jerusalem. When I read that verse and he says, hey, I want you to branch out, I envision this circle. He says, start here, because Jerusalem was kind of where everything happened in the Bible, like the major events. Jerusalem was like one of the big cities where this stuff has happened. And he says, hey, listen, I want you to start here, but then I want you to just go out. And so I envision this circle of us just going out. And he says, Judea, so I got this J here for Judea, just go reach out into Judea. And you, know, you guys go there, and then you guys go here in Samaria. And so he just, he just says, just go. You've got to become the church. But it starts at home. So we've got to get some things figured out at home in order to make things happen. So let me share with you um, some, some, some church uh, finances, which is always fun, right? Church finances. I never do this, but let me go ahead and open up and just tell you, because it totally makes sense to me. I'm a missionary. Okay, We have missionaries here, but I'm a missionary. We're able to be here today doing what we're doing because people supported us. People gave monthly to help us be here to do the work of the ministry. So I want you to connect the dot today that because of people just like you who decided to give, you get to experience this church today. Somebody's out there and they're working maybe massive hours just to help us to be able to do this. It's a phenomenal thing. There's organizations that help us. There's churches that help us. There's people just in churches that are just random individuals that help us. But I want to share this with you. Our monthly budget, I'm going to go to a new page here. What we need to take in in order to survive at this church right now is $14,738. That's to the dollar, man. All right? And 38, everything's 08, right? But no, for real, 14738 Now let me share with you our percentage, what we took in last month. Uh, we took in 57% of this, which I'm pumped about. Wow, that's a bad seven, but okay. Uh, bad five, my bad. 57%. Now I want you to connect the dot here. Okay, I'm telling you, this is what we need. We only took in 57% of it. How are we functioning? We're functioning because of those people that gave. There are people in Ohio right now that love us. They care for us. They believe in the work that we're doing. 
And so they've given so that we can offset this cost. Where'd that other 43% come from? People who saw the vision and they connected to it. Or 43% short, those people stepped in. Listen, the missionaries that sit before you today are in the exact same scenario I'm in. They want to go and they have a vision to reach their city. We've got one going to Guatemala, one going to the Philippines. There's a, there's, a, there's a need and they have a passion. And who knows why God's called them there other than God's just messing with them and calling them there. So, so they have this vision and they need people to understand their needs. And they need people to connect to their vision. See, they may not be asking you to go to Guatemala or the Philippines, but they are asking you to be a part of their mission. And they are asking you to be faithful and committed to it. And see, I want to become the church. See, we may not be fully functioning at 100% of what we need right now, but that doesn't mean that we can't do something. doesn't mean that we can't do something. We can play a part. And, and I've started from day one always wanting to make sure that we've done this one thing because I believe it's vital to the church. I believe it helps us. If you look around and you say, me and Randy, we are blessed. All these people keep coming. Where are they coming from? I believe it has to do with a little bit of this. Every dollar that you give, 10% of it goes to missions. And we've done that since day one. You know, we actually have three missionaries that we support. We've been supporting them since, man, I don't know when. It's ridiculous that, that we are missionaries. Back whenever we were the only people giving to the church, I think we were given, what, 7% or something of the budget needs? We were given 7%, so we were 93% off. But what was cool about it is out of that 7%, we always took 10% of the 7% and gave it to missions. Because from day one, we are a missions-minded church. We care about other people in other areas who need to hear Jesus. And I'm that way so to the core because people believed in us. People saw the need in McKinney, and they gave. It's a really cool thing. Mm. Let me share with you, um, back to this real quick. Let me go back. Y'all understand Jerusalem. It's McKinney. It's who we are. It's who we are to the core. And as we become more self-sufficient, able to sustain the 100% of us, we're going to do even more for missions, and we're going to keep going, and we want to support these guys more and more and more. We want to bring it for them. That's our heart. That's our goal. That's our mindset, okay? As we move to Jerusalem and Samaria, if I flip back over here, you can kind of break this down like this. Jerusalem is kind of us, our community. It's local, okay? Judea is still kind of local, but you can look at this almost on a national level too. Wow. Wow. Okay, sorry, you'll have to bear with that. But reality, reality of the situation is you got local. Now we move on. My heart, I want to share some vision here for you, is this. When I moved here to McKinney last year, it was literally about, about a year and a month ago, um, we moved here and we knew nobody. 130,000 plus people in McKinney, Texas alone. 130,000, they're all going around. And I remember watching all the traffic and thinking, no one knows why we're here. God sent me here. I'm scared out of my mind. I landed on the ground. I didn't know anybody. I'm terrified. And I didn't know if anybody would buy into the vision of what we're trying to do at Revolution Church. Man, I'm so grateful you're here. I can't say that enough. But I was scared. And listen, when I landed on the ground and there was a family of four, me and my wife and my two kids, we said, we got to get out there and we've got to start making the name of Jesus famous. 
And we were meeting in our house for six months, from January to June. Man, we had house church, and it was awesome. <laughs> Freaky. All right? It was crazy. It was crazy. But the reality is, I remember going door to door. Amy had a, a double stroller, and she'd walk up and down the sidewalks um, with our two boys, and she'd hand me postcards, and I'd go to every door, and I'd begin, begin to invite people in our neighborhood to church. Listen, it was hard. I remember, I remember Kenzie, you'll remember this. Uh, we did our, our first, like, block party, and we went to the park, and there was, like, like, maybe 15 people in the whole church at the time, and like half of them had to work. You remember this? And so we're like, oh, crap. We're doing this massive event, and all these people are expecting to show up, and like half of our team isn't going to be able to come and help us. And so I remember trying to figure out how to run a grill because we were giving away food. By the way, we had like 200 people there. It was awesome. So like there was like a crew of like seven people running the whole thing. Nobody knew that but us. <laughs> we, were right, we, we were everywhere, dude. It was mad crazy. And I remember literally trying to flip burgers on a grill and hot dogs on a grill and talk to people about this church that, that we really want them to come to. You know how hard that was while watching my kids? Well, my kids, aren't these? Some of you in the nursery, ooh, I'm sorry. I praise God for you um, that you survived that. Um, it's amazing. God has gifted you. But that's hard. Why am I telling you all that? I'm telling you that because there's going to be another church plan that's going to come into this area. Whether it's Plano, Frisco, Allen, McKinney, I don't care where, I don't care if they're right next to us. They're going to have a heart, and God's going to have, going to have already done something in their spirit and have called them to this area. And I want to identify who that is, and I want to partner with them. And what I want to do is I want to send a big team of our people to go pass out postcards for their church. Man, what a blessing that would have been. How cool would that have been to have a whole team of people who would have done these type of jobs, because these were the hard things, because I've lived this, flipping the burgers. Not a hard job, hard when you have to do multiple things at the same time. And when your heart isn't about this hot dog right here, your heart is about that person who's dying and going to spend an eternity away from Christ. That's hard. You know what else was hard? Um, that, that we could meet a need is going and watching their kids. Hey, we'll be here, we'll sit in this park with you, we'll play with your kids, we'll take care of all this so that you can go work and do ministry for a few hours here. Man, what a blessing that would have been. We didn't have that kind of stuff, guys. But I know why we didn't. Because God wanted to show me this so that we can be the church for those people. You get it? You get it? It's going to be cool, man. I'm telling you. And the blessing that, that you receive from that, knowing that those people really were able to connect to Christ and connect to other people to get them to Christ, man, it's, it's, it'll, your heart will burst with joy of knowing, man, you made a huge impact. I could have used that help way back then. We didn't have it, though. So now what we learned is we offer it. We don't get bitter about it. You know, there's people that get bitter. Nobody shook my hand at the church. This church isn't friendly. Well, you know what? Rather than complain about that, just go be the greeter. Isn't that right? You just start greeting, and then all of a sudden, nobody ever has that problem again because you're just real friendly. Right? That's what you learn through that. You don't get mad. You just keep going. Um, we have this heart for this, and I just, I just got to find the person. I've got to find the people that get, get the vision. You connect to it. I hope you connect to it today and you embrace this. Um, then, then the last part of this is, is the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus commanded us to go from that inner circle, Jerusalem, McKinney. We start meeting needs in Judea and Samaria, which I, I guess I probably should hit Samaria again here a little bit, and talk about our national effort. Uh, you saw on the screen, we go to Moore, Oklahoma, and we do disaster relief for them. We've already been there once. We want to go there again. We got rained out this last time, and, and so we're going to go there again in March. And I hope that you'll go. I hope that you'll go and be a part of it, man. Start providing some of this relief. Start doing ministry. This is what the church is supposed to be. Like maybe this feels foreign, 
Maybe you've gone to church before and you say, this isn't very, we haven't opened the Bible very long today. Well, listen, I'm not trying to open the Bible very long. I'm trying to just make sure that we understand this one verse, this one command of Christ, and start living it. Because I want to be the church, man. What if we were the church? It would just change everything. So we have national efforts, and there's so much more that we want to do. We could do more with more. So I, uh, I then move on to this, this last thing. As we branch out, we go to the uttermost parts of the earth. That's our, our national, or our, our worldwide efforts. Well, we want to partner with people going overseas, man. What a job. Man, I thought I had it hard trying to come to McKinney and not know anybody. I can't imagine what these guys going to other countries having to learn a new language. Man, I have a language barrier anyways. Right? It's hard for me to just talk straight. But to have to learn a new language and do it, man, that would be so tough. So I have tremendous respect for these guys. To surrender to a call to that magnitude, wow. You guys blow me away. So I have a question for these guys as they're going. I'm going to have Brandon, if you'll uh, stand up, I'm going to have you use this mic so that way we can get it on the recording. Test it. You'll have to test that and see if it's on. I don't know if it is. <laughs> test, test. All right. Brandon, why are you going to the Philippines, dude? Why, why would you do something like that? This dude's giving away comfortability, comfortable lifestyle, all of his friends, all of his family. He's leaving. Why would anybody do what you're doing? A few years ago, we went over there, and the bottom line is this. We're just overwhelmed by the fact that there's over 20 million people in the city that we're going to, and there's not enough people that are willing to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. So we're just going to go tell them about Jesus. Amen, dude. Man, that's, that's a tremendous call. Tremendous call. 20 million people. You know what I think he really said is he's connected to the heart of God. He saw what Jesus saw, and now they're going to do what he's asked them to do. I want you to see there are people that live this stuff out. Can we go ahead and, Brandon, would you mind taking that over the, to Dick Bass? I met this guy. They're going to, the Guatem to Guatemala. They're going to be doing some feeding centers and whatnot. Dick, same question. Why in the world would you go and give away everything? A uh, missionary in Guatemala contacted our church and said, we desperately need some help. So Barbie and I and about 40 other folks Bought plane tickets, flew to Guatemala. Our prayer when we left together was this, Lord, teach us to love what you love. Ooh. Dangerous. <laughs> Don't do it. Do not do it. I'm warning you, be real careful how you pray that. We got down to Guatemala. There was a huge need. Uh, God used this team in unbelievable ways. We saw lives change, souls saved. Here's, here's, the, here's what really happened to me. This is crazy. So I had the privilege of preaching in a church in Casal on a Sunday night. And after church, a young man came up to me, about 16, teenage boy, and said, God broke my heart tonight to reach my people. And I said, oh, dude, look at that. <laughs> Good for you, right? Yeah, man, I preached this sermon, and yeah, and then he said, so what do I do next? Mm. And... Uh, God just overwhelmed me with the opportunity. I'm old. I can go. Went back, approached my little wife and said, um, what if God was maybe calling us to Guatemala? And she said, it's about time you got right. Amen. So, so. That's cool. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hey, Dick, one more question. How old are you guys? I just turned 67. My wife's 22. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> 
Dick, I asked that question not to put you on the spot, but to say you're never too old to do what God's called you to do. Uh, that's, what I, that's why we support them right there. That's why we support them. Because God's doing something there. People don't just get up and say, hey, I'm going to go to Guatemala on a whim and say, will you support me? <laughs> People don't do that. I haven't heard anybody do that. They're the only ones I know that's doing that. 67 years old, man. I feel like I'm supposed to go to Guatemala and love on some kids. Praise the Lord, man. God's going to bless these two ministries. Man, how do you follow that? Uttermost parts of the earth, these guys have a call on their lives. Let me share with you kind of this last part. Go back to this. As we branched out, now we're worldwide in the uttermost parts of the earth. You see the whole strategy. It's a, it's a local strategy. It's a national strategy, and it's a worldwide strategy. I think that our vision many times as a church is way too small. Way too small. Instead of looking at what we can't do and we can maybe afford this, I think that we should just go for it. I think that we should just believe that if this is God's command out of Scripture that we do these things, that we just actively do them. So I'm going to ask you some questions right now. This is where it turns a little bit and we say, here's the strategy, but how do you fit in? How do you plug in? How do you get involved? Well, the idea is that we want you to get plugged in first 10 minutes away from you. Begin to love loud on your community and get a heart for the people around you. Then we want to pull you out a little bit and say, hey, I want you to drive two and a half hours, and we got a van going to Oklahoma, and we want to do some disaster relief, and this is all about those people and their connection to Christ. So then we say, hey, can you do it, dude? It's going to take a couple days. And you go, okay, I'll do it. I can go two or three hours. I'll get there. Then all of a sudden, we want to partner with these missionaries, and we want to send you over to where they're at, and we want you to see ministry that way. That will change your life. Now, here's one thing that we're trying very hard not to do, not because we don't want to help a lot of people, but we're, we're trying to, to kind of cap our missions program. We don't want to get so many missionaries that we don't know who they are. You know, there's great churches out there that, that have, you know, we support 120 missionaries. Well, that's great, but we don't know anything about them. We don't know who they are. We don't know what their needs are. We don't know anything about anything going on. And I don't want to be disconnected in that way. So our strategy is going to be to support fewer missionaries at a better rate, a higher level, as we continue to grow, we want to keep adding more to them to where we can actually say, hey, let's help them build that church. Hey, they need equipment. Let's go buy them that equipment. Let's do that stuff. Let's make an impact in that way. And then I want to actually get to the point where not only do we know what their needs are, but we go and we help. And we make it a frequent thing where we always go back to Guatemala. We're always going to go back to the Philippines. We're always going to go to Chile. We're going to make different areas where we say we're going to impact these. And these are our missionaries. We want a piece of your pie, Brandon, dude. We want a piece of it. We want a piece of yours over there, guys. We don't want to just be hands off. We want a piece of it. So you guys are going to have to share a little bit. If you're going and God's led you, you've got to let us be a part. that cool? Here's the deal. Last thing, we'll close this up. You've experienced some people around you. If you're maybe brand new, you didn't see it, but, but you've experienced some people who've lived this out. First of all, you saw me take, take a step and get into this local area and say, I'm going to impact McKinney. This is my call. I have a local call. You've also seen some people around you who've done a Jerusalem-Samaria scenario where they've gone nationwide to give their life to something. And I want to take a moment and recognize them right now. Zach and Nicole, stand up. These guys gave me a year of their life that they'll never get back, right? Because it's gone. They gave me a year of their life and they moved from Ohio to McKinney. 
And they said, we believe in what God's going to do here. And I want you to look around. You guys look. I want you to see it. I know you saw it, but I want you to see it. And I never want you to forget it. It's because of people like you who get it that these people get to enjoy what they have. I also, hold on, hold on. I also want to say it's because of people like you who got it and did the whole Jerusalem Samaria thing that these missionaries get the support that they have from us. It's from people who build it, people who create it. And I say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Let's give them a hand. I got something for you. Here, man. We'll miss you guys. This is their last Sunday with us, and I'm going to miss them greatly. But man, God's doing some great stuff in their hearts. Man, they've been an impact for us. We couldn't have got through a big, pivotal stage without those two right there. You'll never know. You'll never know. <clears throat> All right. Let's wrap this up. Let's close. Ready? As we become a fully functioning church, we begin to meet the needs of people. I want you to see the idea that all these people are giving their lives because there's something greater. Because they've connected to the heart of God. And God is working in their spirit in such a way that they don't just think about this stuff. They eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff. Like it's become consuming to them in a really, really good way.